1: Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. That's Q Myers. I'm JT. Lincoln Kennedy will join us coming up next as we recap the Kansas City loss at Allegiant Stadium. We look ahead into the offseason season and we'll have a frank discussion cue about what happened this year as yeah. the Raiders didn't make the playoffs and losing that last game to Kansas City 31 to 13 was a disappointment because coming off the performance against the 49ers the week before I really right. thought the Raiders had a lot to play for and they'd have a better performance. I
0: did too. I thought that they had an opportunity to spoil what the Chiefs were playing for which was the number 1 seed and I'll tell you man we did the pregame show both me and you uh right there at the torch on Sunday on Saturday, excuse me, and I I felt like the buzz and the energy in- in, uh, Legion Stadium was just different. You than told it was. me that. Yeah, right. I told so, you oh, yeah, and I yeah. just felt like it was different so I thought, you know what? The Raiders are going to build off of what they did against the 49ers and they're going to go out there and Stidham's going to go out there and, and make the case for being the starting quarterback and and the Raiders are going to finish their season on a high note and it just obviously didn't shake out that way. The Raiders lose 31-13 but man, it just felt different when we were sitting there at the torch.
1: Yeah, what disappointed me is I thought the only chance the Raiders had in the game is they had to keep it close yeah. at the half. They were outscored 17 to nothing in the second quarter. Can the City scored real quickly, as we'll see, and the game got taken away right out of the gate. So right. when we look at what happened here, first off, DeMar Hamlin, the tributes yeah. by Raider fans who mm-hmm. were there wearing three jerseys and three shirts. I thought that was really important. It was great to see the players out there warming up with those shirts.
0: Right, and that was the very first game. Following what happened with Lamar yeah, Hamlin on, yeah, the very first game. And so I wanted to see what that was going to be like from the player's point of view because, I mean, it, it puts everything in perspective when that kind of thing situation happens. And then we found out about Josh Jacobs as well as his father, you know, had a heart surgery and throughout the course of the week and didn't know if he was going to play. So it all really brought it full circle.
1: Well, as you just saw on the opening drive, they just went right down, right down the field. And the Raider defense gave up one huge play and Kansas City got a quick touchdown and that took the air out of the building. It got yeah. the Kansas City fans going who were in a attendance and the Raiders had their back up against the wall early in the game. I thought Stidham, as you're seeing here, his mobility in the pocket was the key. We're going to talk about, with Lincoln, what he put up on tape. But what he put up on tape for me, we know he can make every throw. He's Mm -hmm. an NFL quarterback, but his mobility and making plays outside the pocket is very important.
0: Right, and he doesn't hesitate to take off. You know, if he sees that it's not there and there's an opening and the protection's breaking down, he's going to go. He has the willingness, you know, not only the ability, but the willingness to go and take off and and create a little something and, and make something out of nothing and so that's something that he's able to bring to the table. I believe he had 50 yards rushing he did. on seven carries. So, uh that's that was that was important and that's something that the Raiders whoever the quarterback is in the future is going to need to do.
1: What was very disappointing for me about this loss is the fact Kansas City's going to score. They're going to put up 30 plus points. We know that going yep. in. But I thought that the Raiders' offensive line didn't have a good game. No, they they didn't. didn't come to play at the level of intensity that I thought they would. Kansas City's defense is good, better than they are statistically. They got some playmakers there, but they were pushing around the Raiders at the point of attack, and that can't happen, no. especially home at Allegiant Stadium.
0: No, they had their way with the Raiders' offensive line, and you know they've done pretty well, and they turned out the number 1 rusher in the league, right? So you know that at moments they've been really good, but that pass protection was not there on Saturday at all, and Jarrett Stidham, as I mentioned, was running for his life.
1: Kelsey didn't have a touchdown again. So if you look at Kelsey, he was – five games coming into that, he didn't have a touchdown. But, again, Kelsey's the type of player that he'll get big third downs, big plays. Mahomes just spread it out to everybody in the game. He was able to run the ball. He did the flip pass for the touchdown. We'll get to the play that is driving people nuts, the snow globe play, the ring around the rosy play, whatever he did. Which was a slap in the face to the Raiders, and the Raiders will remember that. They will remember that going forward. I just thought the Raiders had one chance: start off quick, mm-hmm. stay with them, and then once Kansas City left the train station, they were gone. Right. And there was no way they were playing for too much. They were playing for the one seed overall in the bye week, and they ended up getting it.
0: Yeah, they did. And, and I'm with you. They had to start off fast. They had to start off similar to what they did against San Francisco: go right down and mm-hmm. score. And they didn't do that. And you know, this is the first time that they've won the coin toss in a long time. They deferred, and I thought, okay, you're going to put your defense out there and then get the ball to start the second half, and well, it just it just didn't work out the way that they
1: wanted to. It's a to. great point you make. If you're going to defer, you better be ready on that yep. first drive. You're, yep. going to give up, you're going to give up points in the first half. We all know that, but right out of the gate, yep. and it's the same problem the Raiders had all year, as we're seeing with these highlights, is the middle of the field's wide open. They're not able to get their linebackers in coverage. I think the depth of the safeties has been a problem I've been talking about yeah. all year on Raider Nation radio. The safeties are too deep. I like a good center fielder, mm-hmm. especially against Mahomes. You've got to right. have someone really deep, but the cushion over the middle of the field was exploited again like it has all year long, something that has to be cleaned up in yep. the offseason.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's just one of those situations, man. If you're going to have that center fielder, you've also got to have a guy that makes plays, a guy that can go get the ball instead of just a guy that's trying to defend the field. They've got to be able to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I looked at the whole entire season, and I think what we saw in this game is we're looking at the way they were able to score in this game is that it was just a a roster, a Super Bowl roster against a roster that has been deconstructed all year long, right, right? with practice squad players, Mm -hmm. backup players, players coming off injury, that th- that was the key to me. Looking at this game from the press box, my seats with my wife, wherever I was, you just saw two different rosters yeah. here. And, look, the Raiders are going to fix this, and they're going to bring in different players, and we're going to talk about that at the Super Bowl in the offseason here. But what has to happen there, that is the roster, that is the team yeah. that you're competing against, yep. period, dating back to the former regime and this regime now. The team that you want to be is right in front of you, Q, yep. in the division twice a year, and from time to time the Raiders put up a good fight. 2 years ago, this year they had a 17 nothing lead. Right. They show they can hang with them, but if they don't have the right players out there and guys are banged up, they can't hang with this roster.
0: That's the model right there. That's the model in the AFC West that every team is trying to win and and that's and that's with the Raiders as well. Right? They've got to find a way to defeat the Chiefs and they've got to be able to do it consistently. They it's not just hanging with them. It's not just beating them every once in a while. They've got to find a way to beat them consistently. If they if they're not, then they're not going to be that AFC West division champ that they so Based, they desperately want to be.
1: One of the things we've been saying on Raiders Roundtable, we've never once come on this podcast and say they didn't have energy and they didn't play hard. Not right. once. Right. And that's something I keep an eye on. I'm a mm-hmm. body language guy. I like to look at the team. When they cross over the line and get on the field, offense, defense, special teams, they play hard. Right. That is demanded by Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Everything's on tape. You get evaluated. They have a different way of evaluating the talent on this roster, and we'll see that going forward. But I never questioned effort. I didn't question effort in this game either. I thought they played hard. They would just outmatch. Just
0: outmatched. I mean, it was a better team across the way from them. you know. And, again, that's a great example leading into the offseason of what you have to build. You've got to be able to compete with those guys. You've got to be able to have the striking ability to be able to score quickly. You've also got to be able to slug it out, right? I mean, there's a lot of things – And you've got to be able to stop them. Your defense has got to be able to step up. And so there's a lot of playmakers that need to be added to this roster.
1: Well, going forward, I'll tell you about this. I've seen every type of play Andy Reid and Mahomes can run. Every type. I've seen the shuttle pass, the flip pass. I've seen the bombs over the safeties. I've seen the safeties – kind of sneak up and go over the top. Everything's on tape going forward. Whoever they bring in, whatever's going to be the scheme on defense going forward, there's a lot to look at. Now, Justin Herbert is a guy with a cannon Mm -hmm. that can make every throw. Mahomes, I think, is easily going to win the MVP this year. Agreed. Russell Wilson will get cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I can promise you he's a Hall of Famer, and the Raider defense is going to have to be elevated in the offseason to have some smarter players, players that understand multiple schemes, and I think some players who are a little bit more athletic yeah. in regards to covering the passing game.
0: No doubt, no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the Raiders' defense to get it to where it can compete and, and defend against all those teams. Like you mentioned, in the AFC West, there's not one easy game on their schedule.
1: Well, the Raiders gave up 168 yards rushing, and that can't happen. But look at the other stats, how equal they are. Mm-hmm. Passing yards are pretty much the same. Penalties... Uh, not great, but okay for the Raiders considering where they've been here. But once again, there we go at red zone. Look yeah. at Kansas City in the red zone. That's why they're arguably the best team in all of football. And the Raiders didn't rush it for a hundred yards. But I think Kansas City came into the game. Q. What do you think? I think they wanted to take Josh Jacobs yep. out of the game and let Stidham beat him.
0: That was their number one focus. Take twenty-eight out and make three beat them. That was exactly that was their plan that they had, and they did a really good job, you know, executing it. Josh was able to get a little bit of wiggle later on in the game, but I mean, for the most part, he he was bottled up.
1: Yeah, when we bring in Lincoln Kennedy here in a bit, we're going to get into Jared Stidham and what we see going forward. I was impressed. I was impressed overall with what Stidham was able to do. I would have loved to have seen a little bit of a better performance against Kansas City, but considering what he was thrown into, how he was going to play under the circumstances, I thought he played well. We have a rushing leader. Yes, In this that's building, awesome. which is great. That's and awesome. Devontae broke a lot of records, including Tim Brown's right. record when it comes to receiving yards here. So there are some positives to take away from the season.
0: I mean, no doubt about it. You have a 1,500-yard rusher, over 1,500-yard yeah. rusher, and a 1,500-yard receiver, right? I mean, it's only the fifth team, fourth franchise, but fifth team in history to have that. So that's a nice tip of the cap, which gives you an idea of what it can look like if it could be all put together.
1: Well, it, it proves that you can run the ball. Yep. You can run the ball, and it proves you can get the ball to the best receiver in the league Right. with multiple quarterbacks. And there was here. meat
0: left on the bone out there. All oh, season yeah. long, there was plenty of meat left on the bone.
1: Look, there were five games the Raiders should have won. They had double-digit leads. We'll talk about that coming up next with Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln will give us his analysis, as he does every week, and we'll talk about what happens going forward as we continue right here on Raiders Roundtable.
2: When you're a part of a team, there are expectations.
0: And one of the things I expect from my team is trust. I work hard to win, and I trust my team to work hard too. That's why I feel good about America First Credit Union. They're my financial team, and I trust that they'll always be there for me
2: and my community. I'm
1: Hunter Renfro. Join me and the America First team today. 60 years in the making, the Raiders now have a permanent place to call home, and the doors are open to get a world-class behind-the-scenes tour of their new home, an attraction unlike any other in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. The Las Vegas Raiders invite you to experience the expertly guided tour that includes exclusive access to areas restricted to only football players, coaches, and staff. For more
2: information, visit AllegiantStadium.com forward slash tours.
0: Raider Nation, it's time to lace up your shoes and get ready to run like a Raider. The race kicks off Saturday, March 4th, 2023 at the doorsteps of Allegiant Stadium. And after you wrap up your
1: 5K, you and your guests will have access to the field where you can take photos and create special memories. Head on over to Raiders.com forward slash 5K for
0: more information.
1: Appreciate you coming back to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. Q Myers, JT, and here's the great Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln, as we wrap up this game against Kansas City, you had the bird's eye view. Uh, Raiders wanted to start fast. They didn't. Kansas City started fast and put that game away at halftime. How'd you see it?
2: Well, exactly like that. I mean, Kansas City has a highly efficient offense. We knew that going into it into the game so there was no surprise especially when they started as fast as they did conversely on the other side the Raiders just couldn't get anything started the run game was negated they couldn't get enough time to pass down the field they had a couple of opportunities but just could not get anything consistently gone and and look here's the thing after the first game the, the the thing when you face a team two times you look for what I call adjustments after the first game You saw how much success the Raiders had running the football. You had to imagine that Steve Spagnuolo was going to come back with a plan to try to take Josh Jacobs out of the game, to try to make it one-dimensional. Hey, you've got a quarterback that's only had one start under his belt. I'm going to try to make him the one that beats us. So you knew that coming into, that, that it was going to be difficult. The Chiefs loaded the box. There was one more guy than the Raiders could block and didn't see that adjustment from the Raiders to do, uh, bring in a receiver, whether it's Mac Collins or, you know, Devontae Adams like they've done in the past to try to dig out that extra safety in the box. Besides that, the Chiefs have pretty good perimeter tacklers uh, on the corner. So if you block them, there was someone else that was there. So just wasn't a lot of options and a lot of holes for Jacobs to run in. So you have to get creative when you're facing this team, if you're going to score.
0: And it felt like that uh, Jarrett Stidham was on the run all game long. The offensive line, like you said, it was just loaded up on the defensive side of things, and they were getting after Jarrett Stidham. He really didn't have a chance, even when he did have guys open.
2: Well, here, here's the thing, and and I'm going to be completely honest. Parnum is going to grow into his ways, but he's taken on, for the last couple of weeks, he was taking on all pro defensive tackles, and they were exposed. Mm-hmm. The Raiders had no answer for it. So when you get the ball even out of shotgun. And you have guys like Frank Clark who are beating the, the guards off the three technique or, you know, you're trying to slide to them to help them. But, you know, your other guards getting beat, it shows that you have a deficiency at offensive line. And oh. even if you try to keep a back in there or another blocker to help out, they were bringing outside pressure. So that back had to block the blitzer, you see. So there was no time there. You know, for for the Raiders, you got to get better guard play. you got to get better overall offensive line play if you're going to be successful in this league. And, you, you, look, we, we talk about Hayward in Pittsburgh. We talk about Frank Clark. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on yeah. of notable defensive tackles that play in the AFC. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. These players have got to get better, or you've got to find better players.
1: All right, Lincoln, let's stay on that topic. That's a fascinating topic yeah. to me because yeah. the Raiders went into the preseason with seven starters. Okay, and Mumford, they wanted to bring him in. Parnum was going to get a lot of playing time. And they didn't go all in in free agency or get a late tackle on cutdowns. They just didn't do it. You mentioned Bars and the players that they had. So in hindsight, I thought the way I, I talk about it on the radio is they they spent a one and two on Devontae. They paid Waller. They paid Renfro. They extended Max. They got a lot of business going on, and they just didn't want to go all in and overextend on the offensive line with either players who were cut or unproven. Did that work out to be the right or wrong decision as you look back at the season?
2: Well, here's the thing. Thayer Munford is going to come along. He's shown progress throughout the season, but he still turns his shoulders. He still gets beat by speed rushes. So you can't have them exposed on an open and tackle. He's not there yet. Okay. He's not developed. I'm not saying it can happen. He's not there yet. Jermaine Illuminor to me is not a, a starting tackle. He's right. a swing tackle, if anything, and possibly a guard. Um, so he's playing out of position. We talked about Alex bars. We talked about uh, Dylan Parham. We talked about Andre James's development of trying to be inside the Raiders thought they had a plan with offensive line, you know, whether it was Lester Cotton, whether it was John Simpson, they thought they had a plan with offensive line. It just didn't come to fruition. So it's back to the drawing board. So going forward, when we, when we look back, take a look back and evaluate where they are, and where they need to be. They've got to be more competitive on the offensive line. That's going to be something they're going to focus on. And and, and you've obviously got other positions on the defense that, well, I'm sure we'll probably talk about in this conversation or other conversations that's going to come up. But offensive line is key because if you're going to run this type of offense where you want to run block, Where you want to pass, bro, you're going to have to have an offensive line that's competent.
0: And it feels like they kind of overachieved, you know? I mean, you got the number one rusher in the the league, so you got to give them credit for that. They were able to run block to a certain extent to make Josh Jacobs that number one guy. But you saw, Lincoln, it just wasn't good enough. So that's where the improvements need to come in.
2: Well, well, here's the thing, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Q. It was an improvement to watch them with a the power running, a man running scheme, at times have success. What I thought they fell off is they didn't have adequate communication every single game about who has whom. So you often saw free players in the hole. Mm-hmm. You often saw Josh Jacobs making cuts in the backfield. As soon as he gets the football, that's not right. That's not supposed to happen. That's not ideal. So there's got to be better communication of who's got whom, who's working with whom, and who are we working towards. Because if there's anybody that's going to be free, you want to have them coming off the perimeter. That way that you have coaching from uh, to above, you say, look, we need to run either some nakeds or some boots to keep that backside guy honest. We can't have him coming down the line of scrimmage and making backside plays.
1: Let's get into Jared Stidham and what I liked about him. What I was looking forward to seeing with him was how much of the playbook was he going to get? All of it. He's been behind Tom Brady and Derek Carr. He's been in every meeting with Tom Brady and Derek Carr. So you don't have to limit the playbook. And I thought there was some boots. He was running around, He throwing from side to side. I love that, and I love the way he ran with authority here. The running was critical to me because – The biggest topic of the offseason by far is quarterback, and everybody's chirping already about what's going to happen next. He put himself in a situation where he's in the conversation. Lincoln, what did you like overall about his two-game
2: performance? His knowledge and his confidence in the system is what really transcended, put him apart, and I know it didn't translate into wins, but I've often said, in this current day era, that quarterbacks that have the ability to extend plays with their legs mm-hmm. can be successful. We've even seen it from Aaron Rodgers, getting out of the pocket, scrambling, we find a way to look downfield. You look at Patrick Mahomes, and you know that he's smart, but as when he gets out of the pocket, he's trying to get creative ways of getting the ball downfield. And that San Francisco game. There's a classic example a couple weeks ago, San Francisco. The reason why uh, Devontae Adams got behind the defense is because Jared Stidham showed that he was going to run. Looked like he was going to run. And then he straddled the line of scrimmage, straddled that fine line. San Francisco has already come up. They were there like, the 49ers were going, to, well, we're not going to let him get outside the pocket. We're not going to let him scramble and beat us for yards. And that's how Devontae Adams got behind. So extending the plays with legs creates opportunities. And there are systems, especially uh, the way people are rushing today. When you look at, even as recently as look at that TCU system of three three five, there are people who are going to that. Sort of similar, those styles of defense, even in National Football League. Rushing for, there are going to be opportunities. There are going to be lanes that are going to be open, that if a quarterback is disciplined and has the confidence in his ability, his legs can scramble downfield and get some positive yards.
0: On that play that you mentioned, he also took a big hit. He got, the, he got the pass to Devontae. Devontae gets in the end zone, but he hung in there and he took a big hit. How much does that make your teammates have your back when they see that you're willing to do that, sacrifice and take that big hit and hang in there like that?
2: You know a, a perfect example for me and uh, is when rich gannon came to the team and we were playing the jets in oakland and we had to come from behind to beat him and rich had a messed up finger you could see it in the huddle but he was willing to take on those plays where he was running downfield, getting extra yards doing whatever he could to get the team over the top and i said to myself you know what i'm not too fond of a scrambling quarterback because i hadn't had many in my career at that time but i will go to war with this guy because it looks like he really wants to win and that sort of determination is what puts you what puts you on the next level with your teammates in the locker room Look, there's one voice and there's supposed to be one presence in the huddle when you go into the huddle. It's a quarterback. Everybody needs to be focused on him. Don't need to be looking downfield. Don't need to be looking over to the sideline. Don't need to be wondering what the play is coming. You need to focus on him. And I think Jared Stidham and he, just these two games and, of course, what we've seen in preseason has commanded that type of presence in the huddle. So I'm I'm happy for him. I hope I wish him nothing but the best. We don't know what the future holds, but you know, just his overall confidence of what we've seen so far is a good feeling to have.
1: All right, Lincoln. So according to you and us, he's checked a couple of boxes. Confidence, he checked the box of mobility. Now the big one that comes up to me is arm strength. Can he make every throw the way that the quarterbacks like Mahomes can pivot, stop on a dime, throw it 60 yards to the other side of the field? We saw I think his head being up and looking downfield, I love that. I thought that was a problem this year with Derek was outside the pocket, not a lot of mobility. Uh, You know, he found Devontae a lot deep downfield when Devontae ran those routes. But for Stidham going forward, if he has a chance, I think it's got to be Renfro. Waller, Devontae, and spreading the ball out, not evenly. I always thought Devontae should get the heavy workload. But the last thing, arm strength. Are you impressed sitting up there in the press box, excuse me, in the booth with Jason Horowitz that he could make every throw going forward?
2: We don't have enough film or game footage to be ev- to evaluate that, Okay, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Preseason is preseason. It can be as vanilla as, or as overcoached as it can be. We don't know. And, and you, so if you think about his success in preseason that we've seen, okay, it, it looks, you know, fairly well, fairly competent. But let's also go back and retrace history. There was a reason why he was a fourth-round draft choice. Right. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, sure. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not to say that you can't find value in later rounds. I'm not saying that. But we just don't have enough. We don't have enough football, full-time football, to evaluate that. I think from what I've seen, my my biggest question is he's not as accurate as Derek Carr is, I haven't seen uh, completely the number of throws, but he's thrown the ball downfield. He's been able to stretch the ball from one hash mark to the opposing sideline. So I can see that. um, It's just the accuracy is is still a, a case that I'm wondering on. And to your point, JT, as far as the plethora of receivers, you've got a number of options here. If you create a way for him to have more time or to get rid of the football quicker, if you don't have more time, then I think this team can be effective. But there's going to be it comes down to the quarterback's decision making, because when it when it comes to the quarterback, you know, players coach just coach players play quarterbacks got to go out there and execute. And there was you know, there was one pass where they were trying to work the ball down the field to get a score where there was a safety that backed up into that deep, that deep dig. uh, Throwing like passing lane and was almost intercepted should have been, you know what I mean? Hit the safety Right. right in the hands. Quarterback has to be aware of that. Right. You see what I'm saying? Once you go to the well too many times, defenses are going to be looking for that. So you have to go somewhere else with the football.
0: Well, one place that the Raiders quarterbacks were very comfortable going to was uh, number 17, Devontae Adams. We all knew that he was fantastic when he signed with the Raiders. But man, Lincoln, seeing him up close to personal, he is as advertised and then some 1500 yards, 100 catches on the season. What did you see from Devontae from your bird's eye view?
2: I, I have to be honest. I did not know he was that spectacular. <laughs> right, he's a damn good receiver. We all, we all, I'm we all yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I did not know he was that spectacular. Some of the catches, even from the the press box, I'm looking at some of these catches. I'm like, how did he possibly get his feet in bounds? How did he possibly come down with that football? Extremely impressive. And going forward, look, the Raiders should be proud. They've got some pieces. Yeah, they've got things to work on. Every team does but They've got some pieces that can be detrimental to opposing defenses and could be it can be a you know, cause some concern. You can't cover him one on one, you can't cover Devontae Adams one on one. So, if you bring a safety over top, there's other opportunities to, 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 to for, for other players to happen. You know, Keelan Cole's big, big, uh, big touchdown pass, uh, the reception in this season came from the fact that the defense, uh, the quarterback read the defense wisely, they were overplaying. Uh, Darren Waller. They were overplaying Devontae Adams. They left one-on-one coverage backside mm-hmm. with the receiver, throw it to the back pylon in the end zone. Receiver comes down with the ball. So there are there are opportunities. there. So I'm saying, you know, this is a good thing moving forward. When you have a player that plays at that level, it inspires everyone else. Mac Hollins virtually came out of nowhere. You know what I mean. We still have we still have potential for for Hunter Renfro if he doesn't take as many big shots I and mean, he takes some rough ones. But if, if he doesn't take as many big shots, he can be you know, play could play a full season. Who knows what he can do because he is he is vital in the red zone in short spots and short places. He's extremely important. The only thing I'll point back and push
1: back on this stat is receptions at 100 Q. I thought he should have had 120. Oh, yeah. 125. There were three or four games a New Orleans game, the second half against LA, and what happened against the Rams where they just didn't go to him. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because of coverage that you can get. I don't want to ever hear with him after watching him play this year coverage. Never want to hear it again (laughs) because he can get the 50 50 ball and he shouldn't be on top of the sideline every play. He should be more off the sideline, middle of the field, so he can make these heroic catches. Other than that, The yards and everything else, yards per catch, I'm fine with. And, Link, here's another big deal. Uh, Shout-out to Dave Ziegler because they didn't have to make that move. They knew they had to give up a first and a second and pay him. Okay, so this was a three-prong effect to go with him. They had to make a decision long-term. He's Derek's best friend. He's coming here. He's leaving Aaron Rodgers, which is not an easy thing to do. And they threaded that needle perfectly. They got... Value for him, a one and a two, was more than fair. Anybody would have did that. They paid him, and he delivered, and he's the anchor of this offense going forward. Whatever you think about the Raiders' season this season, and we hope going forward they're a Super Bowl contender, they're not a Super Bowl contender unless they make that trade for Devontae
2: Adams. I, well, I agree. And, and and to me, they're not a Super, Super Bowl contender until they find a way to beat the Chiefs. Right, That's mm-hmm. their biggest nemesis. Yep. And as you mentioned earlier, JT, Denver's going to figure it out whether they go and get Sean Payton or whatever happens, Denver's going to figure it out. You know what you have in L.A. with the Chargers and that quarterback, and you've seen how they've battled the Raiders back and forth, evenly battled the Raiders back and forth. The one team the Raiders don't have an answer for, and they're in the division, mm-hmm. they have to play them twice, is the Kansas City Chiefs. And there are other teams in the AFC that are getting better. You have Cincinnati out there. You got Buffalo out there, just to name a few. But I mean, there are other teams that are getting better. So you can't stand still. So you have to have pieces in place. I thought the Raiders were very wise to go out there and get a person like Devontae Adams to really help them with their receiving core. Now they have a, a, a general a a true threat, if you will, to be able to stretch the field.
0: Lincoln, he's obviously a playmaker on the offensive side of things. How many playmakers do you think that Dave Ziegler and company need to bring in on the defensive side? Not not guys that get the job done, but playmakers on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Well, you know, you're obviously inspired on the defensive side of the ball the way Max Crosby played, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can make a true argument for a defensive player of the year to me. Uh, I mean, he played phenomenal football this season. That inspires other people. Um, but here's the thing they got to get better at linebacker. They got to get better in the secondary, especially at corner. For this type of defense they play, they got to have a corner. You know, Nate Hobbs has come along, uh, but the injuries have backed him up a little bit and and been inconsistent. Amika Robertson, to me, has has shown, especially the last couple of games, that he is potentially, uh, you know, deserving of a little bit more time. But they've got to get more consistent in the secondary. This style of defense they play, Q, you guys talked about it. You got to have a center fielder that can go sideline to sideline. And they don't have that. And if you do a two safety system, then you've got to have someone who can cover prolific tight ends or prolific slot receivers. And they don't have that. So, you know, when you can push it forward, if you're going to try to figure out a way to keep this scheme in place, you got to have the players to support it so they've got to be incredibly active in free agency or draft mm-hmm. they have to draft some players more importantly they've got to find a way to be able to generate more pressure with their front four i thought the defensive tackles did a good job block eating for the most of the time um and what i mean by that is is you know controlling the line of scrimmage to where guys like denzel perriman could shoot in and and, and make those tackles in the in the backfield like he did before he went out Luke Masterson is coming along, but I still think he's playing slightly out of position, especially as a middle linebacker. So there's there are places that they need to, to get be more effective, and they need to find some players and pieces to go with.
1: That's tremendous analysis as we look at the stats here for our viewers, for those who are listening. Passing yards allowed 29th overall, 242.9 a game, and opponent red zone 30th. At 66%. You nailed that. The safeties in the red zone, Mm -hmm. the safeties in the middle of the field, the safeties when you have them backed up. The safeties, we need some ball hawks in here. We need some guys who can catch the football. We need guys, as you just said, Lincoln, that could see the ball coming out of the quarterback, break on it, and make a play. They don't have that here. And let me go to linebacker again. It's hard to do. And the Raiders currently with the seventh pick. You can get a great linebacker. You can go all around college football and get the best linebacker available because another team's going to take either a quarterback or they're going to take an edge rusher. And I think the Raiders got a big decision to make. Quarterback, Absolutely. quarterback is a big one. You could trade down whatever you do. But in the top 10, or if they trade into the top 15 going back, a linebacker is imperative here. They need Mm -hmm. a guy who's going to come into the building who's an alpha. Micah Parsons was the guy I was screaming at on Raider Nation Radio because they could have got him. They didn't have to go that far up to get him, and the former regime didn't get him, and it could have changed everything here. I don't have that player just yet, but Lincoln – you're talking about maybe a safety, interior tackles. Mm-hmm. I hope they clean up the linebacker position. I hope there is a man that comes into this building, a young college kid who's just a beast and can do everything and I think he'll be available there with that a, they, need Smith. They, they, need need. they need a Roquan well, yeah, Smith. That's what they
2: need. That's what I was going to go to because yep. I remember covering that draft in Oakland and it, the Raiders were high on Roquan Smith before before he was taken off the board by the Bears and that's one of the reasons why they traded back to get Colton Miller and he actually got an extra pick so they had to do it you need a player like roquan smith and look and and michael parsons and and here's the the thing i will say about linebacker in today's league got to be able to cover a back out of the backfield mm-hmm. got to be able to cover a tight end over the middle and more importantly got to be able to take up space if you're t- if you're playing a, a zone to where you're backing up and you can cover and but mostly between the hashes because that's where a middle linebacker is, is, is. Uh, and so you got to be able to do all three of those as well as play well against the run it's it's a difficult position, right? Because it's at you know, what's asked for in the National Football League, especially out of that position, when you have so much real estate, and just the wrong you know wrong touch, illegal contact. You you know you you try to get your hands on pass interference, all these things that happen to benefit the offense is a very difficult position. But that alpha male, that's on a defense, has got to be able to complement. The rest that you have going on defense and your philosophy, and so you know, Denzel Perryman has played very well since he's come over mm-hmm. to the Raiders. Yeah, but the injuries are starting to, to mar him. That's what's marred his entire career, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much longer you have him. It's when you have your full complement of draft picks, it's a good, it's a good problem to have. But more importantly, got to use them wisely.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing about it. This time around, they do have their full complement of draft picks, and who knows what they'll have by the time April comes around. They could have more than they have right now. But the thing about it is they also – this is the first time that Dave Ziegler actually has his guys out in the field looking for the guys he's looking for. Right When he took over last year as the GM, they were out there looking for the previous staffs kind of guys. And so now they're looking for Dave Ziegler-type guys, Josh McDaniels-type guys, what they think this team needs to have. So, Lincoln, I feel like that that's a good opportunity for them to really re- revamp this defense with all the plethora of picks they have and even some uh, some free agency money to really turn this thing around quickly.
2: Q, you, you've seen teams um, as recently as two years when the Rams did what they did, getting Matthew Stafford, they said, we're on the precipice. We need to win right now. We're mm-hmm. a player away from winning right now. What happened? They ended up winning the Super Bowl. You can make those same argument about the 49ers to go on and get Christian McCaffrey. How valuable has he been? And they yeah. did not really give up a lot to get They're him. Huge. They're on the cusp of to, you know, going deep into the playoffs. So it's, it's one of two things that you think about. It's a, are we ready to win now? Or can we build for the younger, you know, for the next two years? And there are a lot of teams that have taken that latter step and have drafted well and are using youth well in order to build for that. But the window to me of the Raiders is kind of in between because they've got the potential with guys like Devontae Adams, with guys like Josh Jacobs, whatever they decide to do, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, the guys that you mentioned. You've got some pieces that are in place that you can win now. You could be competitive now. I don't know how far you get if you don't draft well and if you don't pull in the adequate free agency. It's not. I don't believe in a short-term fix. Mm-hmm. And and we'll talk about this as we get into deeper in the offseason short term fix because the roster is going to be thrown up, uh, uh, turned upside down. And to your point, Q, last year when this regime took over, they had to f- complete the roster. They didn't have a full roster. They didn't have enough guys signed. They had to go out there and get the signed so they could be competitive. We got where we are. You know, it happened. It's It's in the past now. Moving forward, we definitely have to build for the future, but we have to do it right.
1: That's a great point. And, again, we've been talking about it on Raider Nation Radio. It's Mm -hmm. the deconstruction of the roster. Even some of the players that Dave Ziegler was not going to bring back, they're not coming back for next year, he had to have a team. So they had to play. He had to fill out the roster there. And there were a lot of mistakes from the prior regime. And this roster going forward – They got to get more picks right than wrong, period. And we all know that. And I think that's the confidence I really have with the scouting department here, from what I'm hearing inside. What they're doing is they brought in a completely new grading system, they brought in a completely new way to evaluate. And as Q just said perfectly, to send their scouts out in the field to get the players that they wanted. That's what's different. It's not going to be, well, well, they could be the best player available. Then you just take the best player available. Every round you just check them off. Or you have two or three diamonds that you wait for in the third round or fourth round because – you don't think they're going to be taken and they have second ground round grades. That's what I think Dave's got to nail and I'm confident he's going to be able to do it. Uh, Lincoln one more. I just quickly want to get here in my notes Josh Jacobs. And I'll start off by saying this. I agree. I would not have given him an extension in the offseason. He didn't have a good year the year before and we're talking about all this money and having all this money. They were not going to pay him from his past work. Now, like Aaron Judge in baseball, I use the example. Right. He bet on himself and, and he hit a home run <laughs> out of the park here. He wants to be here. What does your gut feeling tell you about this? Because the Raiders clearly will have to pay a premium or what the way what they came with the franchises we mm-hmm. talked about before you got on. He deserves to be here. He outplayed his contract.
2: Pay to man. Simple. Short and sweet. Pay to man. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, here's the thing. Since the Hall of Fame game, this 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 young man has been trying to prove that he deserves and he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. And when they held him back in the following in preseason, what, what did he do? I mean, look, I was so impressed by just his overall demeanor throughout the season, the way he pushed and tried to fall forward, the way he, you know, you see him in the injury report, but he still wanted to come out there and play. Nothing inspired me especially as a former offensive lineman, to see a running back who has the desire, the will, to want to be a champion and want to do whatever he can to make a championship-caliber team. He's hey, fantastic.
0: He, he's been fantastic. And, I mean, there's so many things that we could say about him, but he's earned that contract. And, you know, we we had him in the locker room, uh, you know, when the, the players were doing their little exit interviews. and We talked to him, and he talked to us all the time, and he, he kept saying that he wants to be here. He wants to turn this culture around. And even Max Crosby, to a certain extent, kept mentioning Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. Like those are the kind of guys that Max said specifically, we need to have more of in this locker room. He is so important to this team, not just on the field, but also in that locker room, Lincoln.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, I played with some good players. I mean, I was on the field when Tim Brown broke the record, when and that Devontae broke. And I was, you know, I was around when we had great running backs like Napoleon Kaufman and stuff like that. You know, I didn't play with Marcus, but, you know, of course, coming from San Diego, heard about the, the lore. The great history of this organization. Has been complimented by three outstanding players, and, and and here's the thing, you know I'm not much on kickers, but kickers and punters, you know AJ Cole and yeah. Carlson did their thing to this yeah. season too. I mean how how invaluable have they been? And mm-hmm. it, it's it's a team game, it's a team effort. There's no doubt about it. There are holes in this roster that need to be filled, and for them to be competent to be able to to be able to compete on the level. But you know where you you know where the the, the level has already been set. You can see it. It's a team in red. And I can't stand there either. So you know, you got you got your work cut out for you, and and, and it's right there in front of you. There's the blueprint. Find a way to complement that blueprint, or to do, you know, to compete against that blueprint, and you'll make yourself a champion.
1: One more comment I'd like to make. You saw when we put up that graphic for those who are watching, the Craig Long Award winner. I was friends with Craig. He died uh, way too early. It was a young man, and yeah. when you look at the media for to win the Craig Long Award. And to win that award means you're cooperating with the media. You're there for every question, every practice. That's a big deal. The Commitment to Excellence Award is a big deal around here. Max Crosby uh, gets it again. But that Craig Long Award winner was very important to me when I saw that and because I knew Craig well and his dignity and the respect. And when he died unexpectedly, they named an award after him. And the media who's around, and some of this media is brand new here in Vegas, but the media going back to Alameda and Oakland, Know the importance. You knew him, Lincoln, well, and he covered you yeah. in the locker room as yeah. he was there setting up the media. So for Josh to get that in a year where he played in in Canton and people no were doubt. wondering, are they trying yeah. to shop him? And then at the end of the year,
2: he wins that prestigious honor. That's a big deal. Well, it just shows how he wants to be there with the Raiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. look, you can't you can't buy that. You know what I mean? It's not. It, it's it's something that has to be a present in the heart. Or, or, or it's not. And, and you know, look, a quick story about Craig. I remember Craig in the locker room. He would always come up to me, and he would, you know, you how, you know, how guys were J T and Q in the locker room at post game. Some guys didn't want to talk, mm-hmm. but I had an open relationship with Craig. I'm like, look, if there's no one else that wants to do it, pass it around. I'll give a couple minutes because I'm not in a hurry, and I, I, I prefer, I enjoy the media. I know how difficult their job is to do. So, you know, Craig was a good man, and I'm glad to see that, you know, another good man has got a award named after him.
1: Thank you, Lincoln. As always, you've been fantastic this year. We got a lot of off season work to do. We'll be broadcasting this podcast from the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you before that and uh you deserve a little bit of time off, my friend. I know that college <laughs> football schedule that you had. I know the airports you go to every week and all the games you travel to. And as you told me, one quick funny story, you were talking to me and Eric Allen in the press box,
2: a lot of cold games this year. You were cold yes. on a lot of those. Little- I was cold. I, I had to go to Spokane and Wazoo a couple of times. I yes. and Wazoo, Eastern Washington. Oh, my goodness. No, no, I was cold. There were there were times I was cold. I, I'm, I am going to take some well-deserved time off, guys. That I promise you. You deserve <laughs> it. There he is, the great Lincoln Kennedy. We'll Appreciate talk to him it.
1: from the Super Bowl as we continue. Q and I, we'll wrap it up on the other side. We'll put a bow on the season, what's going to happen in the offseason, and when we'll talk to you next as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. Thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy, Q Myers, JT, as we take a look at the playoffs as they're here in front of us. The Raiders missed the playoffs. I think the big story that I saw all year was going to be the one seed in the AFC. I had Buffalo. Buffalo played one less game right. because of what happened and for Buffalo now they're going to get a game against Kansas City at a neutral site if they can get there right. are you sensing it will be Kansas City and Buffalo at a neutral site I feel like it I yeah, feel like I those are the
0: two best teams in the AFC and they're going to battle it out and it's going to be interesting of course uh, Cincinnati's going to have something to say about everything about who's the best team in the AFC but man it feels like Buffalo and Kansas City they're going to they're going to square up on some neutral site and then you know who, who let the chips fall where they may
1: A couple of these games super wild card. Hard weekend as we look at this, I want to just start off with the Chargers. The Chargers get a break and their coach put a lot of their starters out and a couple mm-hmm. of them got nicked up. But they're playing a warm weather team in Jacksonville that made the playoffs because some team in that division had to make it, and Tennessee collapsed. Right. Yeah, they did. If Tennessee didn't collapse, Jacksonville's not there. Right. So do you think the Chargers are getting a break here? They're not playing in cold weather in Cincinnati, in Baltimore. They get to go to Jacksonville. Right. I think the Chargers have a bit of an advantage here.
0: I do, too. They, it's a best-case scenario for them, right? It's going in against a team that they should beat. But, you know, we've seen what the Chargers have done over the course of the year. We've seen how they've won some games that they probably shouldn't have won. Some some really weird bounces have gone their way. And Jacksonville right now, in my opinion, is playing with house money. They're playing really confident. And Doug Peterson's got them believing that they could be that team and they should be that team. So it'll be an interesting game. But I do think Chargers caught a little bit of a break.
1: As a fan, I'm devastated that Aaron Rodgers lost because I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, that Cal connection. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see him come out. Brock Purdy. I, w- I just want to see Brock Purdy to earn it, and he has so far. He hasn't had a bad game yet, and I thought against Aaron Rodgers, the background noise would have been mm-hmm. enormous. Now he gets Geno Smith, and right. i am got to give Geno credit. Geno played well this year, but he come player of the year. He's a pro bowler. I think the Niners are going to win that game, but the Seahawks, Q, deserve to be in that slot.
0: i got to give the Seahawks a lot of credit. I mean, with the season started, once they traded Russell Wilson, I thought there's no way that they're going to be in this position. No way Geno Smith, they're going to ride this guy throughout the course of the year. But as you mentioned, comeback player of the year, you know, he's going to earn some nice coin in the offseason, pro bowler, whatever the case is. Uh, I don't think that Seattle's really going to hang with with San Francisco very long in this game. I think Brock Purdy and company, especially that defense, is really going to take advantage of the Seahawks. But i got to give Seattle a ton of credit for being where everyone thought they wouldn't be at this time of the year. Now,
1: if Tua, who's still—I I, I don't know. We're not going to get too controversial here, but— I don't know if he's in concussion protocol or not. I don't know if he's cleared and they're afraid. I don't think anybody really knows. No one knows. So if Tua plays in that game against Buffalo, they got a puncher's chance without him. I don't think they do. Giants and the Vikings played in Week 16, a three-point game. Giants almost won that game. I'll give the Giants credit. They were able to rest their starters. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are runners. Daniel Jones is a runner, Mm -hmm. and he got an extra week off. I think the Giants are a live dog in that game against the Vikings.
0: I do as well, and I've never believed in the Vikings all year long, even though they keep proving me wrong and wrong and wrong because they keep winning these games at the last second I just don't think they're as good as their record says they are and I know you are what your record says you are I get that but man they've they've found ways to win some games that they just really had no business winning in my opinion so I think that the G-men they have a lot of confidence right now I think what Brian Dayball's done with those guys that he inherited not really brought in but inherited I think he's done a hell of a job, so I do think that they're going to get that W.
1: Uh, the Bengals avoided the coin toss against the yeah. Ravens. They earned that game yeah. at home. They're a very good team. Yeah, they are. And they got to make sure they take care of business. It's another thing. Lamar Jackson's injury when it went down five, six mm-hmm. weeks ago was more serious than the Ravens let it out to believe. They right. knew that he was banged up. He hasn't played yet. If they get him in the game, it's a difference maker here, or maybe they just shut him down. Can you imagine if Lamar Jackson gets banged up or hurt again right. and has to rehab the whole season without a contract? His That's a big stock, topic.
0: His Stock keeps dropping. It really does, and I hate this for him because he's a great player, but man, I mean, once that injury happened, like you said, man, the season started to take a, a, a tumble and started falling for the Ravens, and I just don't know how this whole contract situation is going to happen with Lamar because, again, he cannot afford to get injured and really in a severe injury have to keep rehabbing, like you mentioned, with no contract. It just doesn't make any sense. What was
1: Mike McCarthy doing leaving Dak in that game? Pick six against yeah. the Commanders. He wanted to get one more series out terrible. of them. Uh, they're a road favorite at the Buccaneers. And for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they are eight and nine, and they host a playoff game. What do you feel? How do you feel about that?
0: I think Dallas is done. I think that Dallas is going home. I really do. Dak in that, and I think the reason why Mike McCarthy left Dak out there is because they look so bad.
1: Yeah, they did. He you know, it's one like one it's out like
0: out come them. on, let's get jump started. Can you do something? Dak throws a, a, a ball that should have been a pick six. It was dropped, and he said, you know what? Let's try it again. It's a practice rep. I'm gonna throw the same pass and see if you can pick this one off. And Washington takes it to the house. They're not playing very good at all. I don't know if it's the play calling. The the players, executing, a combination of the both. But I just think Dallas is done come Monday night. The
1: only other team we didn't mention is the Eagles on a bye week. They deserved it. They got Jalen Hurts back out there to get some work there too. So the Eagles really deserved that. They were the runaway favorite once they got out past seven, eight, nine wins to have home field and they delivered.
0: Yeah, and I hate that. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. I thought he had the clear Mm -hmm. shot at it until he got injured. Now I I believe it's Patrick Mahomes and it's not even going to be close. But uh, I I like the fact that the Eagles did get that bye Uh, they got that number one seed because they earned it, and it just it was it, it was too bad when Jalen went down and and wasn't able to play and kind of finished off what they were doing. But it was great to get him back, see him get that victory and, and earn that number one spot. Well, Q,
1: I'll say this because we're going to broadcast. We're really excited to be live from the Super Bowl. Yeah. With Raiders Roundtable, when I look at this, this, this year reminds me of the 70s. Remember whoever won the AFC Championship <laughs> game? Steelers, Raiders, right. Dolphins would win the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be the case this year. Whoever comes out of the AFC, I think is going to be head and shoulders better than either the Eagles or the NFC team that's there because of Brock that. Purdy. Yeah, Even though that. the Niners are good, they're very right. good. I think it's the AFC's year if they can get it done. and. We'll be together at Super Bowl. Last year, we were together in L.A. Had a
0: fantastic time.
1: But next year, it's here in Vegas. Man, I'm telling you, that's a dream
0: come true. It It really is. is. I mean, we've covered a lot of Super Bowls in our careers. Never have we covered it at home.
1: Not only is it big, (laughs) it's huge for Mark Davis. It's big for the organization to showcase Allegiant Stadium. And I'll tell you this, that the countdown starts now for the Raiders because next season, when the Raiders take the field for the home opener, it's going to be the Super Bowl year here in Vegas. Right. And that's going to add some juice of course, to the entire building, the roster, and what the Raiders want to do.
0: Only Tampa Bay and the Rams have hosted a Super Bowl game. And, of course, that's going to be a conversation all leading up to that 2024 Super Bowl uh, right here in Las Vegas. So, so that'll for be fun. Yeah,
1: for everyone at Silver and Black Productions, thanks for joining us this week on Raiders Roundtable. We'll see you at the Super Bowl.